Welcome to the Gateworld Podcast. You're listening to episode number 73 of the Gateworld Podcast. I'm Darren. And I'm Justin. No, wait, I'm David. David's back, and this is the last show of 2009 where two nerds talk about Stargate. This is our final podcast of the year before we sign off for a couple weeks for the holiday season, and it's our Stargate 2009 year in review. Welcome back, David. Thank you, sir. It's good to be back in Phoenix, even though I'm only going to be here for a couple of weeks, and then I move. Getting ready to move? Getting ready to move. The main discussion. Well, once again, our main discussion topic this week is 2009, a big year for Stargate. It was a huge transition year. We saw the end of Atlantis, the last two episodes of the series, aired all the way back in January. And then we had this huge long break. It was like an eight-month-plus break where there was no Stargate on the air. There were no movies coming out, uh, nothing new anyway. And we were just sort of of uh, doing the publicity thing, getting ready for Universe. It was originally going to be a summer premiere, so we only had to wait a little while. Then they bumped it back to a fall premiere. Um, so it's been like most of 2009 is us not watching Stargate. It's just been sort of getting ready for for uh, the next thing. It's 2009 is a year of transition for the Stargate franchise. You know, it doesn't feel so empty. It doesn't feel as empty as as uh, just 12 episodes in 52 weeks. I feel like we've really been busy with stuff, you know? I guess Comic-Con and, and the big publicity ramp-up for Universe, you know, and and us creating very entertaining podcast discussions. You know, it all seems to have, to have worked in our favor. I don't feel entertaining like it's been... Entertaining to us. This is true, but I don't feel like it's been a boring year. You know, a year where not a lot has happened. A lot has happened this year. Holy cow. It's been fun. In the spring, we got to go to Vancouver again and visit Bridge Studios. And uh, the convention was awesome. We mm -hmm. also got to go to Sanctuary and talk to Amanda mm -hmm. and the gang. You got to go to Comic-Con and have an incredible Comic-Con experience with the, the SGU premiere. And uh, did you go to Chicago this year? Did I? Yes, I did. I completely I forgot about that. You and Chad yeah. went to Chicago convention at the end of of august i've had a big year no, no you, wonder <laughs> i know and then you just got back from vancouver dude yeah you've been jet setting yeah what a year what a year now it's almost over and now next year holy cow but no we're not talking about next year in this podcast we're talking about this year i know so highlights got some big plans for next year highlights and lowlights what's your personal high point of all that of uh we asked this in the listener question we'll play some of your uh your voicemail in the show but uh, David, what was your personal high point, be it a moment from, from one of these 12 episodes or uh, one of your convention trips or, or anything that's Stargate-related? I would probably have to say my interview with Terrell Rothery. Um, it was yeah. very, uh, I love your word, cathartic. Yeah. You know, it was, it was five minutes of pure journalistic excellence. Uh, it's, uh, it's an interview that's available in our Tell interview section. Again. We we told it on the podcast before, but for people who haven't heard it before, this was in first uh, of April. We make an annual trip to Vancouver and visit Bridge Studios and go to Creation Entertainment's convention, where we where we sort of hang out with fans and and uh, see our pals, and then get to do some actor interviews. And we've been trying to get Terrell Rothery a long time for a long time, and this was the first time that the Gate World actually got to sit down with Terrell Rothery. Yeah. 
And so we got our chance. She gave us five minutes because she was in between photo sessions and, and autographs and things like that. You know, it's 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 very hectic for the actors at the conventions. They they make the, they they really tighten it down. And if they're behind schedule, you're just hosed. So yeah, there's we, not a lot of hanging out in the green room. No, there's not. You know, they have a chance to get a glass of water and then go out into it again. But uh, Terrell, you know, we'd always wanted to talk to her. And Don, if you know anything about Terrell in in her real life, you know. She's not just Dr. Frazier. I guess we should say that, shouldn't we? A lot of our, our new listeners are... Don't know are who Terrell Rothery is. From, yeah, from, Dr. Frazier. watching SGU. So yeah, she's Dr. Frazier on, on SG1. She played the role for seven years, and then her character was killed off. And she was very mm-hmm. close to Don S. Davis, the actor who played General Hammond. It was her second father. And yeah. uh, his death, I'm sure, was just a tragedy for for her not just not just uh, don's wife ruby and and all the fans who who loved him and revered him um but we would be remiss not to talk about don briefly with her so i brought it up and um there was this stone silence as the as the the loss once again set in for for everybody and holy cow tears the tears that followed once we turned off the the cameras uh, I cannot tell you. You asked her permission to to ask a question about Don, and she sort of paused and said yes. And uh, she's obviously been asked this question before, and and uh, composed herself and and uh, finished out the interview in in fine form. She's a terrific lady, and such a professional. But when the camera stopped rolling, boy, that was I, I think it became evident to her at that moment how much Don meant to you and mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, we weren't just asking for a a nice sound bite. We were, I mean, we loved him. I, I mean, I was very privileged to be able to interview him a few years ago, and and you were there. And uh, I think it's probably, you know, aside from like Bill Nye and and a couple of my other uh, the people. I mean, my my personal heroes, your childhood icons, my yeah. childhood icons. That was probably my favorite, uh, and that's hard to say considering I've done 125 of these things, but. That was very, very key, and it was a great piece. That was definitely my my top moment of the year as well. So two episodes of Atlantis aired this year. Yeah, Atlantis ran for five seasons and 100 episodes, and uh, they ran almost almost everything in 2008, right up until the holiday break. And when they came back in January, they had just Vegas and Enemy at the Gate. And I think that Vegas ended up being one of the best episodes of the series. Mm-hmm. That was a nice way to start off Stargate for 2009. That episode was so out of the box. And Rob Cooper wrote and directed it and just made it such a cool piece. Uh, just a really entertaining hour, not only of Atlantis, but, but of science fiction in general. It was just so different for Stargate. You know, the... the... The, the content on it, and in some ways, I mean, they were deliberately doing, like, a CSI homage. And mm-hmm. I'm not a CSI watcher. I know nothing about it. But it was it was very hyper-realistic and, and hyper-cool, I think. You know, it was a very, very different kind of show. And, you know, when Rob, when the executive producer directs an episode, he can say, you know what, let's spend some money on this. And go ahead and do that, and go ahead and do that, and we'll pay for it, and we'll deal with it later. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas... Uh, a guest director is <laughs> not going to be able to say that. So it really, really shows in the uh, in the episode itself. And this was one that was just uh, content aside, 
you know, for the uh, for the, the story and you know what they were trying to do, the, for the, how well it was done, the production values, you know, the 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 camera work, the the visuals, it was a very excellent show. Yeah, it was really cool. It was, uh, I would say, it's definitely my top ten, like maybe even in my top five of the one hundred episodes of Atlantis. And then Enemy at the Gate. What uh, thinking back on it now, after so many months, we did a podcast on it, and then we did our sort of post Atlantis podcast looking back on it now what did you think of the way that they wrapped up the show enemy at the gate is nothing but a blur it was too fast <laughs> it was way too fast i mean lots of plot just kind of breakneck speed i know you look you look at it at the end of the 43 minutes and you kind of go what the f you know well it works and it's an entertaining hour there's it a is nice entertaining. Big epic, epic uh, ship battle over earth at the end mm-hmm. um and i like elements like we we have a dogfight in earth's atmosphere with wraith darts um, those are some of the classic SGU moments was, was Gould attacking Earth and our, our ragtag team defending it. So Atlantis finally got to do that after this threat to Earth has been, I mean, the Wraith have been talking about Earth for five years, but the threat has been a galaxy away. So now they're here. I like that. I like the concept of it. Well, they're concluding uh, but, that that arc. You know that that definitely is is important. And you know, Atlantis is defending Earth directly. You know, we've we've never seen mm-hmm. that before. So it, it's very fulfilling in that regard. Well, what do you think about the Atlantis movie? They announced um, sorry, extinction. It was the end of August two thousand eight when they announced that Atlantis was ending and transitioning to movies. And the original press release. I think indicated that this movie was going to be here by now. Mm-hmm. That uh, if it was not airing in 2009, that it was going to be it was going to be out on Sci-Fi and on DVD by 2010. Um, that now to be fair, the press release I, I don't think gave any particular time frame. But obviously, this movie's been put on hold. The script's been done for quite a while. It was written by Joe Malazzi and Paul Mully, who uh, were showrunners for the last two seasons of Atlantis. Mm-hmm. I think they did a great job. I think the last two seasons are very strong, although I wish that Weir was still a part of the series. Mm-hmm. We've done a few stories on the website over the last few months, and it's Stargate Extinction and Stargate Revolution, the next SG-1 movie. They're basically waiting for MGM to figure out its financial problems and uh, get through the global financial crisis uh, so that it has money to spend on the game again. But we haven't reported a lot on the site is that MGM looks like it's probably going to go back up for sale. So Yeah, yeah MGM has been for quite a ride. It's not terribly uh, disturbing because the company has been sold every few years for the last several decades. Uh, so the question is, who's going to own it? Uh, and is the company still going to be the same sort of company that it is now or are they going to chop it up and sell off sell it off in pieces yeah. in that case somebody else might end up owning the stargate franchise mm-hmm. and may kill it that's the fear you know it's always the fear um stargate extinction i could go either way about it i'm not particularly interested to see it happen i i'm saddened to say i guess atlantis was just mediocre as far as i was concerned SG-1 I'm more interested in seeing, but at this point, I'm just concentrated on Universe. So far, Universe is delivering what I want it to deliver, and you know, it's, it's satisfying my, my Stargate taste buds uh, very adequately. I really want to see Stargate Extinction because, first of all, I was not entirely satisfied with the way the series was ended, uh, with Atlantis touching down on Earth and sort of a, a, 
a big happy feeling from from everybody holding hands and looking out over San Francisco Bay. Kayla and Ronan are now in the Milky Way galaxy, and I feel like if the story is going to be complete, I mean, they need to go home. There are there are wraith out there still terrorizing their galaxy, and there's, I mean, I don't know. It's it's I don't know if I want the wraith to be destroyed. I mean, there's there's the genocide question again. I don't know if I want the wraith to be ended like the Gould War. But what you're saying is that that story was just dropped. I mean, I mean, the Atlantis setup was we we unleashed the wraith on the Pegasus galaxy at an unnatural time because we woke them up and they were all super hungry. It basically shifted the balance of what was going on in the galaxy. That That's still a problem. That's still out there. I'd like to see the movie for sure. One of the things that the producers have said to us in the past that really excited me was the idea of the Stargate franchise moving forward with four legs. There was going to be SG-1 movies ongoing. Stargate Atlantis was going to get movies. We were going to get Universe on television. And then there was going to be Stargate Worlds, this big online multiplayer video game. Um, we all know where Stargate Worlds is right now. We're all sort of sitting around and, and hoping that it gets done, waiting for it. But the SG-1 and Atlantis movies are, are on hold, basically. They're waiting for, for the money. And boy, I sure hope they get made. Yeah. As much as I like Universe and, and I'm really enjoying it and I'm optimistic about where it's going, I was excited to have four legs for the franchise. Yeah, but right now it's really one. It's jumping on a pogo stick. <laughs> we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I mean, the economy sucks. The world is in a sucky position. Hi, guys. This is Graham from Spokane. Uh, I just had a comment about the uh, podcast for justice. I want to talk about Colonel Young. I don't think we could totally write him off as a hero. I don't think that we can assume that he's guilty of murder for a death sentence on Rush by leaving him on the planet. The away team had to rush back to the ship, uh, back to the Destiny. Uh, we don't know exactly how much time that Colonel Young had to get back to the gate before the ship entered FTL. So. We can't assume that he patiently waited on the planet side of the gate uh, until just the last moment to cross over. Uh, for all we know, he could not have carried Rush back to the ship and survived himself, and maybe he felt like he actually had to leave him. So I, I, I got to say, I think it's still up in the air. David, what did you think about Justice? We didn't get to talk with you last week. We had Justin Nolan on the show. What a cool show. Not the biggest cliffhanger for a, a mid-season um, but a good show. I, I enjoyed your guys' discussion uh, very yeah. much on this. I, I listened to it on the plane coming home. I think you're right about Young talking about being above board on everything, and then he abandons a member of his team based on the fact that Rush has sworn to be Young's eternal enemy. And for better or for worse... Young decides to abandon him on that fact and just try and get rid of him. Wow, that's pretty crazy. I don't think that Rush is going to figure out how to fly the ship. I think those aliens are going to come and pick him up. I think they're going to come and get that pod, and he's going to be tinkering with it, and they're going to take him too, or whatever that ship is. Um, I do think that it's the same ship that uh, left Atlanta, that left the Destiny at the end of Air Part 3. Oh, you uh, do? I do think that it's that same race. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think it's definitely the same race, the same technology. Uh, it'd be interesting if it was the exact same ship. What a coincidence, whatever, eh? Whatever the story that would be behind that. But, uh, yeah, the more Justin and I talked about it, the more I sort of 
talked myself into thinking, nah, even if Rush gets inside and, and sort of fixes the ship, I don't see him really flying it and flying it and being able to find the destiny. If this was, you know, Sam Carter in SG-1, maybe. But uh, it seems more likely that he's going to get picked up or he's going to go back and, and figure out a way to use the Stargate. We shall see. Interesting character development for uh, Chloe. You've got uh, her actually doing something, and she's really good at it. Ming as uh, as Camille Ray uh, mm-hmm. did, did a great job. The episode is very sound all around. I have very little to complain about. It. I mean, Eli, I thought it was really interesting how he just looks in the vent, and there it is. There's <laughs> there's the gun. Yeah, I, I think, again, it was a nice character piece, and it's a good ending for the mid-season. I wish that we didn't have to wait three-plus months, almost four months, but it's kind of a punch-in-the-stomach ending. And we have another voicemail about, about Young's character development there at the end. Hey, guys, it's James in Las Vegas calling in for two reasons. One is to give you my top Stargate moment of 2009, and I've actually got a tie for it. The first one is the look on Eli and Chloe's faces when they see Chloe get killed by one of the creatures in the Kino footage in the episode Time. And the second is Rush being left behind on the planet. And the second reason I'm calling in is actually in response to uh, what you guys had said about Young abandoning Rush on that planet and how it was almost equivalent to murder and um, you thought it was an interesting development for his character because he's always been such a stand-up guy. And I see it a little different because in my eyes, Rush is essentially a mutineer. He's been doing everything he can to undermine Colonel Young's authority and position. And so in the old days, a mutineer, they would be set adrift. They'd be abandoned and left behind. And that's, that's what he did to Rush. And I think that's the reference to justice is that that is the justice, is abandoning Rush and leaving him behind. I think that's right, that there's a play going on with the episode title here, Justice. Basically, uh, Young gets his own justice at the end. Mm-hmm. But is this, I want to ask you, is this, uh, has Young basically given up SGC principles, and is he an anti-hero now because he did this? I don't think he's necessarily an anti-hero, but I do think that he went over the line with with leaving Rush behind. I wouldn't have left Rush behind, no matter how much I hated the guy, no matter how much I couldn't stand him. It has definitely colored this hero, very much so. Who knows what he's going to do now? I definitely keep an eye on him. I personally do not think that he was justified in just abandoning Dr. Rush. I mean, no matter how nuts the guy is, you just don't do that. And I think it's really interesting what what you guys suggested Mm. may happen is that Rush may hold this over his head and not tell anyone. He may he may use that to his advantage in manipulating Young in the future, yeah. not, not telling anyone that he uh, uh, that he abandoned him. That makes uh, a lot more sense with Rush's character, I think. I don't see him necessarily coming back and whining and complaining just to get people on his side to say, oh, oh Young left me behind to die. Isn't he, isn't he not a nice person? No, it's more like he's, you know, he's, he's the king of manipulators. It's more like he's going to use this to his advantage. Mm-hmm. So the convention circuit. Let's talk about conventions. Conventions. For a lot of people in Vancouver, it was kind of a last hurrah. Finances are starting to feel the pinch now, but we bought these plane tickets and, and this uh, $600 convention pass a year ago. So this is the last hurrah. I love what Alan Gallen said in uh, your uh, your interview with him. You know, conventions, fan conventions are largely made up by the working class. 
And when yeah, you right. know we lose our jobs, you know we we lose the luxury of traveling to do big Stargate conventions. We feel the pinch, and you know the convention organizers, some of them certainly are are feeling that pinch as well. We just can't afford to spend the way that we have. I mean, I'm going to see a Christmas Carol in 3D this afternoon, and even I'm balking at the ticket price on that, saying, "Really, should I do that?" <laughs> so. Yeah, and we're new to the UK this fall, and we're you know we're calculating the the uh, conversion rates for everything. Some items cost more, and some cost less in pounds. But when you do the conversion, you know, I was I was uh, thrilled to be able to get a DVD for the equivalent of fifteen dollars, whereas that would have been standard fare. You brought up Alan, and that, that reminds me of a couple things that have just happened recently that, that uh, have helped my 2009 to end on a happy note as a, as a pseudo-journalist who covers the Stargate franchise and sort of entertainment online. I mean, you deal with a lot of different people of, of uh, different caliber who work for different companies, and their job is to, to put the best foot forward, obviously, for their product. We published interviews recently with Alan from GateCon. He's one of the founders and organizers of the fan convention, which is which is coming to an end this next year. And then we also talked with the the people at Cheyenne Mountain who are putting out Stargate Resistance, uh, which is a new video game title that's supposed to be out early in 2010. And I was so pleased with both of those correspondences. Both of those guys were so just straightforward mm-hmm. and absolutely honest and did not uh, duck what I thought were, were uh, sort of uncomfortable questions. Uh, I was very pleased with both of those. Hi, guys. This is Thomas from Ontario, and I'm just calling about the listener question. Your, what was our favorite moment from 2009? A few weeks ago, Space was doing a few, some reruns of um, the old SG-1 episodes, I don't know what season or the episode name, but it's the one where one of the Goulds sends a Naquita-filled asteroid on a collision course with Earth, and Earth, and they have to go sit, try and blow it up with the cargo ship, but they end up taking it through the planet with hyperspace. But it was just just before they activate the hyper, hyperdrive on the cargo ship, Jack's line of, Carter, I can see my house! It cracks me up every time. Possibly the best moment in an all Stargate. Next to the can I get some pants line from Eli? Most of 2009 was getting ready for Stargate Universe. And we had about eight plus months. And we were saying here on the podcast when we got to September that we were just ready to see the show. I mean, we were ready for it to be over. There was nothing left to say other than sit down and watch it so that we actually can talk about it. But one of the big things that uh, you got to do as part of the publicity was go to Comic-Con and go to the big premiere and the party and meet the cast. And I just saw that you were Facebook friends with some of the SGU cast. That made me jealous. <laughs> Gosh. That had to have been a highlight of 2009 for you. It was. It was kind of cool. You know, one of the amazing things was going to uh, Vancouver and working with a bunch of people this week and finding out that almost all of them were at that rooftop party. Which I found huh. kind of I found kind of strange because I didn't remember any of them. And what have we been doing on Gate World in two thousand nine? Did we do do anything interesting this year? We launched the the new Omnipedia this year. That's right. What a major project that has been! Holy cow! Huge, and it uses Wiki software, yeah. um, which is which is uh, nice. It 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 improves the Omnipedia, I think, in a lot of ways, but it also 
that project helped to get us excited about it again. So hopefully over the next four months while we're waiting for for uh, SGU to come back, we can, fill we in can the dive blanks. back into that and, and fill in some more of the blanks. So in 2010, do you think you're going to go to the last GateCon next summer? I hope to. I, th- I think I will have the ability to. I think I will probably have no choice but to go considering the the jobs that I'm uh, involved with. So it'll give me a good leg up to go and be involved. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I've I've grown to love a great many of those uh, of the people involved with it, and uh, I want to be there for that send off for that final raise of the glass. I wish I could be there. I never went to GateCon. I uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it this summer because it's on the other side of the world, and I had no money. But I just live vicariously through you. You know that, don't you? Occasionally, I th- I think you do some cool things every once in a while. You get some cool emails that. Uh, you uh, occasionally decide to forward to me, and I go, whoa, whoa. So, Well, 2010, we're going to get another 10 episodes of Stargate Universe Season 1. And they're going to come back and start filming. I don't think it's going to be late February because the Winter Olympics are in Vancouver. Yes. I think they're going to wait until those are over and start yes. around the 1st of March. Most definitely so, that's going to happen. Assuming the show gets renewed, they're going to be filming several weeks before we even see episode 11 mm-hmm. they'll be working on season two and they're writing scripts already in the in the writer's office so it'll be good it'll be an interesting year it's going to be a different year for me because it'll be the first time in about six years that i have not gone to vancouver if i really don't make it i think you're going to have plenty on your plate yep we'll have plenty to do for sure we'll continue to cover stargate we'll continue to do the fun things that uh, i like to do You are listening to the Gateworld Podcast. Well, that's our last show. 50 episodes for 2009. We'll be off for two weeks, and then we're going to come back on January 6th, and we'll talk about Stargate Universe so far. And then we promised you guys uh, Atlantis podcasts. We podcasted all the way through Season 5. We're going to go back and do recap shows for Seasons 1 through 4. We'll start that on January 13th with Atlantis Season 1. So you've got a few weeks to think about this week's listener question. What is the single greatest strength and the greatest weakness of Stargate Universe so far? If you think it has any strength, if you think it has any weaknesses, hopefully you can pick one. Tell us what you really love about the show and what you hope uh, changes. That's uh, what we're going with. Be thinking about that. Be rewatching those 10 episodes so that uh, when you come back uh, next year, to be able to uh, leave a concise voicemail and add your thoughts to our show. And this is another thing that I wanted to bring up. If you feel that your opinion is is not being uh, uh, raised in the podcast, that your perspective is not getting any attention, that's your own fault. You can call in and we will air your thoughts on the show. We play just about everything that we get. The only ones that we don't get are where people are just rude. And if you compose your thoughts in a, in a thoughtful manner, we will play it. I guarantee it. Whether we agree with it or not, we will play it. This show is not just about our opinions. This is, this yeah. is everybody's. And while I bring that up, 
you know, this is an opinion show. I've been reading comments about, well, you haven't, you, you're, you're not exactly fair and balanced or whatever it is. We, we have no obligation to be fair and balanced. Thank you very much. This is an opinion show. Yeah, this is not a new show. This is, this is an opinion show. This is just what Dave and I think about what we're talking about. Exactly. It is your job to call in and voice your opinion. I was a little surprised that we didn't get more calls from, from the other side on the sex show. Yeah. When we had Kevin on to talk about sex on SGU, everything was, was sort of generally positive. And uh, the poll results, I mean, the, the poll results on the website sort of reflected that. Most people who are watching SGU don't really have much of a problem with the sex. But it's obviously been a major point of discussion on the boards. Yep. So I was kind of hoping, and somebody could still, I mean, this week's listener question, uh, somebody could still call in and tell us that, that uh, they hope that goes away. I mean, if you're if you have trouble composing your thoughts on a whim on the on the phone, you know, write down a paragraph of what you want to say. I mean, the list, listen to the people who, who call in. A lot of them do it. A lot of them are reading from a little script, but at least they get their thoughts out. And we appreciate that. We value the diversity of thoughts and opinions. It makes life interesting. I dread the day when everyone on this planet agrees with me. How boring would that be? So compose your thoughts and give us a call on the hotline. That phone number is area code nine five one. Two six two sixteen forty seven, or if you want to record a short message on your computer, you can email it to webmaster at gateworld.net. Thanks everybody for tuning in, and thanks for those voicemails. We hope you have a very Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, whatever it is you are celebrating. We hope it is blessed that you are with your family and with the people that you love. And I love you, David, even though I can't be with you this Christmas. <laughs> I got to say, 2009, one of my favorite things about being a Stargate fan this year is doing this show. Every week, as much work as it is and as much time as we put into it, just getting to talk about Stargate with with one of my best friends every week is is definitely a highlight. Well, thank you, sir, and I love you as well, and uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate everything that you have done for me in my life, and... And I mean, just this, just this week is is a proven example of that. And once uh, once uh, uh, more uh, headway is made in that field, I'll be able to talk about it. But um, yeah, so this has been good. This has been a good show. It's been a good stress reliever every single week. A little bit of a stress adder. Well, we'll see you in 2010, and let's close out the show and the year with this song from Sci Fried, a sci-fi parody band. You can find them at sci-fried band. Dot com, and this is an SG-1 parody song called PX-75309.
around.